Well, good morning. It is good to be here on Trinity Sunday. This is the Sunday following Pentecost, and the church always celebrates Trinity Sunday, the Sunday immediately following Pentecost. So as we have you know, recognized and celebrated the, the descending of the Holy Spirit and the empowering and birthing of the church, and now we pause for just a Sunday, just to recognize and acknowledge and remember that we have a God that we as revealed and recognized as a triune God, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's a powerful thing. It's a powerful mystery is what it is. Because if we were to pause here and, and just let us kind of talk and have a conversation about what Trinity means, the, the divine triune God, and let us all have our peace and let us have our understanding and share that with one another, we would see all kinds of understandings. Some of them would share some elements in common and, and some of them would not. It's a mystery. And as I have been thinking about the Trinity, and as I always think about the Trinity, particularly on, to, to, on this particular Sunday, I, I'm, I've, I go back to occasions um, of weddings. Weddings are amazing things. You know, two families come together that are brought together by a young couple. And they gather in a church and they, 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 they follow into, this, into the chancel and everybody is following them up to the point where they give their vows to each other. They promise to each other. In the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit, they, they hold hands, they exchange rings, and then they're pronounced married. And they turn and they run out the door and we all go, and well, after half an hour or so of pictures, we all go to the reception. And there's great food and punch and drinks and laughter and conversation. And then most of the time, there's dancing. I love the idea that these receptions have us dancing, bands or DJs, but there are people dancing. You know, in the past two weekends, I've been to three weddings. And let me explain how this happened. I went to a wedding here. Pierce family. Thank you. Wonderful service. And then we had the reception at the Bragg Mitchell house. And there was dancing. And there was a band. And it was amazing. Under the oak trees. Under the canopy. Wonderful food. Wonderful. Only, only surpassed by the company I was able to keep. It was amazing. And there was frolicking and dancing, as there should be. I also attended Connie Corleone's wedding that weekend. Are you, does everybody know Connie Corleone? Michael Corleone's sister, Don Corleone's daughter. Mm -hmm. It's up in New York. The reception, you know, the Godfather movie begins at a reception of Connie Corleone's wedding. And there's dancing, and there's a big band, and they're, they're playing, and they're dancing. And there's this, there's this scene where there's an older gentleman who's dancing with this little girl. And he's parading her around on the dance floor. And her feet are on his feet. And they're just dancing along, dancing along. He's showing her the steps, teaching her to dance. Whether she realizes it or not, that's what's happening. Then this past weekend, just yesterday, 
I went to another wedding. Our nephew Hudson was married in Monroeville, Alabama. It was a little different than the Godfather Corleone wedding, but there was dancing. It was a wonderful occasion. Uh, the couple was, they were beautiful, and we had wonderful food, and there was a DJ, and there was dancing at the shop. This is, a, the venue was called The Shop, and it used to be the city maintenance shop, and they've redone it, and now it's a venue. Well, I was watching the couple. You know, in, in the occasion of these receptions, there's always a time where uh, the couple has their first dance together as husband and wife. And, and I was watching Hudson and Mary Catherine, their first dance. And they're dancing around. And then all of a sudden, they would just switch their orientation and just go this way. And then a little bit longer, they'd switch again and switch their orientation. And I kept wondering, what is, what, I don't know this dance where they're switching orientations. And then it occurred to me as I saw the photographer speak to them, turn this way. And so they were, they were facing the camera. That's what was happening. You know, this, and, and, that, and that spoke to me. I, you know, I thought about that on the drive home last night, and I thought about it again this morning. And, you know, maybe there's something powerful and the whole notion of this dance, whether it's a little girl standing on her uncle's feet or her grandfather's feet. Or if it's uh, friends showing each other some dance at a wedding. Or if it's the couple changing their orientation so the perspective changes of their first dance. Because, you know... If we think about the Trinity and get lost in the mystery of the Trinity, we can find something of very high value and of, of great importance in what theologians call perichoresis. It's a Greek word, and it means peri is the word for like we get for perimeter. It's a circle. And choresis is like a movement. It's a dance. So think of a dance in a circle. And that's how theologians have come to understand and describe the life of the Trinity. This interpenetration and interdependence of three distinct person, persons in the Trinity, the divine Trinity. Now, I still don't understand the Trinity. But to understand that they are somehow dancing together, these three distinct persons moving in concert together, knowing what the other is doing and why and how and all of this, they're just, they're, all of a sudden they're, just, they're, they're, t- they're together. And they're moving like a couple in a dance. And every now and then, God may change the perspective, the orientation, so that the perspective changes and we are revealed something. God reveals something of God's self in this triune life, in this life of the Trinity. Shows us how to live. Now, did you ever, when I was growing up, there was a popular show on it. I don't don't know if y'all watched this or not. It was called Dance Fever. Do y'all remember Dance Fever? Danny Terrio? Kristen? No. (laughs) Well... Dance Fever was like a show. It taught you how to dance, basically. They'd have dancers, and Dan- Danny Terrio was a master dancer. And, and they, 
it was in the age of disco, so they had all these popular dances, and they would show you the different... Well, I was in middle school, and I wanted to learn how to dance. So what do you do? You watch Dance Fever. I'm up late at night watching, watching Dance Fever, trying to learn the steps to the hustle, the pretzel, or whatever they are. Now, I'm by myself, so you can imagine how successful I was. But just think about the whole notion of being shown how to dance. Whether you're standing on your grandfather or your uncle's feet, or if you're being shown steps, or maybe the divine shows up incarnate and shows us the steps of the dance. Maybe Jesus is showing us the steps of the dance in our world, in our context, in our life, in our time, in our place. To see and feel and understand all that it means to be human. And to be able to show us in that context what it looks like to be divine. To be able to mimic the divine, what we are called to do. And, and to understand that, that as, as God the Creator, the Father, and God the Son, the Redeemer, who makes this possible, and God the Spirit, the Sustainer, who continues the work that Jesus started, that Jesus continues, that God continues to show us the dance of what it means and looks like, feels like to be in a relationship with God, moving in the world, dancing through life, experiencing all that humanity has to offer, all of the pains and the joys, all of the excitement, all of the depression, the fear, the surprise, life and death, light and darkness. God, the divine and the Trinity allows us by changing the orientation and giving us a perspective to reveal to us what life is supposed to be like. That we are called into relationship with God, God Almighty. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God created us in His image that we can be in a relationship with Him and join in this dance. And God the incarnate, Jesus Christ, shows us the steps. And the Holy Spirit, the wisdom of God, reminds us again and again and again of the steps. And lets us hear the rhythm, the beat, and the music. To be able to live as God called us to live. To dance through this life. And when we do that, not only are we relating to God, but in some mystical, cosmic way, some spiritual way, we relate to each other. Because we're created in the image of God. And if there's perichoresis for the divine, there's perichoresis for us. Some form or fashion. And we're connected. 
And when one of us feels pain, we feel pain. And one of us feels joy, we feel joy. And we continue to move together. And maybe it's in this perichoresis. Maybe the way to understand that connective tissue is love. Maybe this triune God who reveals God's self, not only in creation and in the redemption of Jesus Christ, and in the sustenance of the Spirit, maybe we find ourselves in the revelation of love and grace. And we're called to live that out. You know, if we read chapter, in Matthew chapter 28, it's in your bulletins. Uh, Matthew writes, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. May God bless the reading of the word. No, this is, there's no, there's no Trinity term in the scriptures. It's just not in there. Theologians in the church had to come up with some term to capture Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer. So we came up with this word, Trinity. And since then, and since the beginning of time, we've been trying to figure out who God is, what God is, what God wants, where God leads, what God does, what does God look like. It's a great mystery. But the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Trinity, by the very essence of the Trinity, we are given revelations about ourselves and about God. Richard Rohr wrote a wonderful little book called The Divine Dance. And he writes in a section called The Great Attractor. And he talks about how the Holy Spirit that we celebrated last Sunday, descending upon the disciples, on the apostles, and giving birth to the church. The Holy Spirit acts on life, acts on us. He, um, Roar begins with an, an, an author, a poet named Coventry Patmore, who was in the 1800s, an English poet. And, and, and Patmore writes, This dry doctrine of the Trinity, or primary act of love, is the keynote of all living knowledge and delight. God himself becomes a concrete object and an intelligible joy when contemplated as the eternal felicity of a lover with the beloved, the antitype and very original of the love which inspires the poet and the thrush. You are the, the, the desiring of God. God desires all things in and through you. Roar goes on and talks about how the Spirit 
enlivens us and quickens us and, 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 and reveals to us, empowers us to the revelations of God. He writes, he says, you see, you by yourself, that is us by ourselves, without the Spirit, we don't know how to desire God. We don't know where to look. We don't know what to look for. We don't know what God's name is. We don't know God's shape. We originally don't know God's energy. We will almost always look in the wrong places. Just beautiful sunsets and not cracks in the sidewalk. Just weddings and funerals and not the laundry room. The Spirit, because of the Trinity, is with us everywhere. There is no place we can hide from the triune God. God is everywhere revealing God's self to us. Not just in the big moments of life of weddings and funerals, or in beautiful sunsets and mountaintops, but walking down the street seeing ants in the crack of the sidewalk, in our laundry room, because the Holy Spirit is with us always, reminding us, encouraging us, revealing to us God's presence, God's will and God's call, God's draw to us to be a part of the dance, to remember the steps, to know how to live, how to love, how to be graceful and forgiving. That's the power of the Trinity. That's the power of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.